0: God, how could you let this happen? Why did you send me here only to face trouble and deception? If you've ever been there or are there now, get ready for this. By looking at how the Bible describes just how the great tribulation spoken of in the book of Revelation begins to unfold, we begin to learn how and why God is allowing the present corruption in America to be released on us. God will often allow the bad to get worse before he deals with it. He harvests the crop after it comes to maturity. If the ripened fruit is good, then blessing is the decision of heaven. If it is bad, then destruction is assured. By this, everyone plainly sees the justice of God. 2020 was the year of choice. 2021 will be the year of consequence. There is a groaning that is so deep that men cannot even utter it. It's a wailing deep within the spirit and in creation itself. I have never personally felt the depths of human suffering and sorrow that many have had to go through. Yes, I've been cheated, betrayed, gossiped falsely about by those who once declared me among their dear friends. I have often wondered at just how hurtful though those who claim Christ as Lord can be. Why, Lord? I'm talking about a depth of evil that most, if not any, have ever really felt. Romans talks about groanings that are deep in the Spirit of God that can't even be uttered by man. How deeply must Jesus have felt grieved by the sin that he saw throughout the centuries to then be willing to be tortured to death to tear the depths of sin away from his creation. Heartache that many Americans feel today. Many in the world wish they had it so good as we do. Yet there is also a collective worldwide gasp at the life support that our country is now on. What is God up to? We're going to consider what He has to say about this, and it may shock you to your core. Romans 8.22 says the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. The Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Of the last days, in Matthew 24, Jesus said, These are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Then he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. As a side note, you would do well to pay attention to just when that gathering takes place. Now this government we have today has determined that if an abortion attempt is made, yet the child is still born alive, then it can be killed. Why don't we just kill any newborn? What's the difference here? The only difference is that the first attempt to murder that child failed, and that failed attempt now seems to legitimize killing a human being born into this world. Beyond that, America is now poised to use our tax dollars to fund abortions around the world. Then there's the attack on the Capitol on January 6th that we now know was orchestrated well in advance by Antifa activists who coordinated it all with radio communications. The tactic of the far left for decades has been to foster divisions, fan the flames of racial tension, and then blame the conservatives. They claim they want to preserve democracy, yet to this day do they subvert it with their ninth attempt to impeach President Trump, a duly elected official. The depth of corruption is beyond belief. Why, God, are you allowing this in America? Today, I feel that deep groaning of the Holy Spirit over the sin in our nation that goes far beyond the politics, racial tensions, and communist agendas. Why does God allow sin to go unchecked? I'm going to show you something that the Apostle Paul wrote, and I suggest you strap yourself in for a wild ride. You probably already are because of 2020. Second Thessalonians says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching that the day of the Lord has already come. For that day will not come until the man of sin is first revealed." the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. I'm thinking of this present day and seeing how God allows sin to come to full fruit and then he judges it as he dispenses his justice for those who refuse to accept his Son as Lord and Savior. Paul talks about a restraining power that keeps the Antichrist from being revealed. That is what holds back the second coming of Christ. The full manifestation of evil must first be brought to the surface, and the Scripture says that God sends the ungodly a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. At that point, he is no longer holding back the darkness. He is going to let sin become fully obvious for what it truly is and how shocking it is going to be when evil comes out of the shadows, walks around in broad daylight, and men call it good. You know, like today. This scene in Revelation is a blueprint for how God often deals with evil. What so goes against the sensibilities of Christians is that God is actually giving this corruption the green light. Tremendous oppression, ungodliness, persecution, and destruction is assured one day. Little wonder that there is a time of silence in heaven preceding this. Imagine the atmosphere of heaven when all the songs of worship and the cries of holy, holy, holy are stopped. Little wonder that the verse that speaks of the groaning of creation for the coming forth of the sons of God amidst great suffering is followed by the sure promise that all things work together for the good to those who love God. The table upon which this promise is served is the statement that neither tribulation, distress, persecution, peril, or sword shall separate us from the love of God. Please understand again what I am saying. This verse tells us that all things work together for the good to those who love God, and it is meant to be applied in a time like we are facing in America, where there is nothing but darkness that is rising up and walking around in broad daylight. All things work for the good. The experience of this present darkness in America has been allowed by God that it come fully forth to be seen for what it truly is. God is setting the table for total deliverance from sin one day. This present pit that the world is in will follow the ways of God in allowing evil since the beginning of time so that both sin and salvation will be seen clearly. God will never let evil have the last word. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. That's not merely a nice sentiment that is embossed upon a lovely evening sunset. It's meant to be scrawled on a dungeon wall or the whipping post of a dying Christian. God is saying, behold the great depths of darkness that has stood against you all of your lives. See its hatred and its violence and its cunning deception. It will rise to its height so that all the world may stand still and watch the salvation of your God work. The power of death that put your Savior upon the cross is vanquished for all time and you have been invited to stand as champions with the one who will have the final say and then you will see sin no more. Now watch this and understand your role when darkness comes out of the closet like Goliath. Revelation 17 says, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Lord means one who has authority to establish His will, because it all belongs to Him. This is why He overcomes. But there is an and here. He overcomes because He is Lord and Those that are with him are called. In other words, divinely selected and invited to be here. They are chosen. In other words, here by the sovereign selection of God and not by any moral high ground of their own. And they are faithful. Christ is going to overcome this present darkness through those who have faithfully followed him. God is going to use you. That's why you are here today. God allows evil to come out of the shadow so that it may be defeated. He also allows the pain of this life to bring out the evil that may still be lurking in us so that we may overcome it by his grace. He doesn't mean to hurt anyone, but he also will not be run into a corner and be mocked. This is a day to overcome while we still have time.